I was in the shower. Um, you know, we'd uh, we'd done half of a, a 20 miler. We were doing it in the morning, yeah. uh, so it wasn't too hot. And we, we did two consecutive 10 milers. And you know, we were. I was taking a shower after the the, the second 10 miler. And uh, Morales comes in in the shower. Hey, somebody flew a plane into the World Trade Center. Um, okay, you know, but no one really knew. They thought was it an accident? We don't yeah. know what the deal is. I get out the shower, go over to Getner's room. He had the, oh, Getner, you know, oh, get, yeah, he had the biggest. He had the biggest TV in the in the whole uh, floor in the yeah. whole platoon, so everyone's piled in there, uh, checking it out, and we were all there live as we as we watched the second plane go in. Yeah. And then it was you know it was all right. What are we what are we doing? Right. Welcome to the Leading with Vulnerability podcast. I'm your host Yuma Barnett, and today I've got an old friend. Right. David Pernas, we grew up in 175 together. And if you've been in the Army and you know that word, grow up, that's literally what you do And when you get to a Ranger Battalion as a private. Um, we go. He goes way back in the Army. He did four years in the Army, a uh, very dynamic four years, 9-11, uh, five deployments, Iraq, Afghanistan. Um, got out of the Army, went to school, went to law school, and is now down here in Miami doing great things. Um He's a great resource for guys to reach out to if they want to follow the same path. I know he's got a great story, and I'll, I'll hand it over to him to introduce himself. Hey, thanks, Barnett, uh, and thank you very much for having me on. I've been watching the show. It's uh, pretty awesome what you've been doing. Um, so, yeah, David Pernaz, uh, yeah, you, you kind of summed up a, a bit of my service. I'm originally from, um, born in New York City, raised in New Jersey. Uh, you know, parents, um, immigrant parents, uh, they both came to the country from El Salvador, my mother, and Cuba, my father. Uh, they met in New York at my uh, at my father. Excuse me, my grandfather's bodega. Oh wow! My grandfather came from Cuba in 1960 uh, when Castro initially um, took over, and he set himself up in New York City. You know, he's quite a businessman, so he, he was able to to do well relatively quickly and bought himself a bodega. My father came in 1980, and he was working at my father's bodega or my grandfather's bodega. And my ma stumbled into to, to buy a soda, and that's how they met. And so we, uh, Washington Heights, you know, uptown New York, yeah. that's where we were born. Um, and then moved over to, to Jersey um, and raised there for, for, you know, most of my life to, to high school. Yeah. So your time, um, how much of your, like your Cuban heritage played a role in your, in your life, you know, even up to joining the Army or post? Uh, you know, what, what, how has that played a role in your life? Yeah, I mean, that's... That's always been um, something pretty important to me. Uh, you just you don't realize necessarily how important growing up because everything you know you just grow into this situation and and it's just stuff you see every day. So yeah. you don't really have much of a frame of reference. But yeah, it's definitely um, it's part of the reason why I came down to Miami for sure. Uh, and stuff I, I try to stay in, in touch with. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know. Yeah, it's a. It's a big part of your life, probably, right? And now you're probably kind of reconnecting with it as you're down here in Miami. I think you said your folks are down here now. And all the stuff that's happening in Cuba now, it's not a lot of change has happened in all those years. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, that's definitely important to me. Um, so, I mean, in some ways, you know, I, I kind of, I, I, I did keep in mind when I was joining the military, you know, how, how, um, how bad things were in Cuba and, the, the, and then how that forced you know, half of my family to come to, yeah. to the U.S. Um, you know, uh, in some ways that, that may have made me think about part of the reason of joining the military is to 
learning self-defense, learning, yeah. you know, how to use uh, weapons because because sometimes sometimes that's necessary yeah. in those situations. Absolutely. Um, and now, unfortunately, uh, it's I mean, it's been like that for 60, 70 years yeah. in, in Cuba. And I remember, you know, having having conversations with uh, with family, my uncle and just hearing how like, he, my uncle came maybe about um, about 20 years ago now or actually more like 15. And just hearing how, how such a big swath of his life was taken by by living under a communist regime um it, you know it, it 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 hurts and now the people of cuba are really with the conditions having gotten even worse i mean it's been bad in in certain periods it's always been bad but yeah. it's been bad and worse in certain periods they're they're doing something that they they never done right you know since castro took over which is protesting yeah getting out in the streets in mass and and you know voicing that so there's, there's some eyes on that in, in Miami. That's a real big deal, yeah, you know, because of the strong Cuban um, culture and, and heritage. And so, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what can be done about that. So going back, what what led you to the to the army? Did you come in with an option 40 contract? I like did. You knew going Ranger? Yeah. Why, why? What drove all that? So I'll tell you how it all it all went. Right. You know, I'm a, I'm 15 years old, 16 years old, using the library at my high school, trying to figure out what I want to do in life. Yeah. And um, I kind of came to the decision. Um, I saw a lot of movies at the time. You know, there were a few that really stuck out in me, uh, military movies, yeah. and just always had that kind of th- that in me. And my mother says, growing up, my mother wouldn't let me have have any kind of toy guns. She didn't right. believe in them, so I'd go out and find a stick oh, that right, I thought yeah. had a little bend in it, and <laughs> I'd have my little toy gun. Uh, so yeah, you know, um, I, I decided I wanted to join the military. And if you're going to join, you want to, you know, in the mind of a 15, 16 year old, you want to be a badass. You yeah, want to, yeah. you know, do the coolest thing you can find. Um, I also wanted to do school, though, so I kind of combined it in my mind. I was going to um, apply to West Point, and West Point has a program where if you're enlisted, yeah. you can actually uh, get pulled out, and, and the requirements are easier. You don't have to get you know, a congressional yeah. recommendation, um, and you know, I, hadn't, I feel like if you're doing something like that to, to West Point out of high school, you got to have that in mind and, and kind of start lining yeah. those things up early. So that was the route. I was going to enlist and then, and then apply to go to West Point. Um, and then I figured, you know, enlist, I'm still going to do the, the baddest thing I could find. Yeah, so yeah. that was, uh, that was, you know, Ranger Battalion. Yeah. What did your family think about it when you told me you were joining the army and going to go to the Ranger, the special operations route? Did they, what'd they think about it? They weren't into it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, my mother, my mother mainly, yeah. you know, she just, you know, she's like a lot of mothers, I'm sure doesn't, yeah. doesn't want to see their, their little boy, uh, get hurt. Yep. So uh, she cried. I remember when I jumped in the van to get picked up to, to go off. She was, don't go, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> the last minute, she's trying to convince me. Um, so no, you know, they weren't super into it. My father, he served in the uh, Cuban military conscri- okay. conscription. You know, he was forced to. Um, but I had an uncle in the Navy. Uh, so, you know, I don't think they saw, they didn't see what I was right. seeing or what I yeah. wanted to do in life. Yeah. So it's fine. Um, I think that's just part of being a mother, right? And uh, I know, yeah. I mean, I've been in the army 21 years when I talk about my kids going to the army. My wife is like, no, <laughs> no, no, it's not happening. So it's just part of it. The mom doesn't want that to happen, you know? So join the army, come to the 75th Ranger Regiment. You were there, you got there a class, a, a, rat, a rip class after me. Yeah, I think April. Yeah, so. 20, 2001. Yeah, not, not, not too far behind me and Matt when, when we got there. We were there for, you know, nine months or so, and then 9-11 happens. Yeah. So uh, uh, did that change some of your trajectory as of the West, West Point stuff? Uh, you're from New York. You grew up, you know, you used to care. What, did, what effect did 9-11 have a, on you as a ranger and a person? For sure, yeah, um, yeah. I didn't go to, I didn't uh, end yeah. up going to West Point. I didn't apply West Point. So, 
I was fortunate to to made it, been in uh, uh, first battalion in April and the April before yeah. September 11th occurred. And yeah, you know, I still remember. Everyone will always remember where they were when they found out. I was in the shower. Um, you know, we'd uh, we'd done half of a, a twenty miler. We were doing it in the morning, yeah. uh, so it wasn't too hot. And we, we did two consecutive ten milers. And you know, we were. I was taking a shower after the the, the second ten miler. And uh, Morales comes in in the shower. Hey, somebody flew a plane into the World Trade Center. Um, okay, you know, but no one really knew. They thought was it an accident? We don't yeah. know what the deal is. I get out the shower, go over to Getner's room. He had the, oh, Getner! You know, oh, Getner, yeah, he had the biggest, he had the biggest TV in the in the whole uh, floor in the yeah. whole platoon. So everyone's piled in there, uh, checking it out, and we were all there live as we as we watched the second plane go in. Yeah, and then it was you know it was all right. What are we what are we doing? Right. You know, I think uh, I think we're waiting. Everyone immediately waiting for for the order. What are we yeah. doing? Um, and you know, probably within I don't know. 20 minutes, you know, we got a, a D bag list, yep. packing D bags, you know, okay, just be ready, guys. It was wild, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think I, you know, it, it was just, I think we were all, you know, you were in second platoon, a floor above us down at first platoon. And I think everybody was just collectively standing in somebody's room, just kind of watching this going, wow, I can't believe this is happening. And now what do we do about it? was like the yeah. next thing. I remember it was madness packing D bags and there was every, the hallways were a mess and everybody's running around. We're going and yeah, exactly. There's like, there's this weird like excitement about yeah. it, but there's also this, you know, you know, you're feeling the loss and you're seeing the tragedy. It was a, it's a very strange place to be in as a soldier, as a ranger, because you, you get to do what you've trained to do, but the circumstances around that are, you know, not what we expected. You know, it's uh it was a it was a strange that was a strange day and then I remember we ended up nothing really happened that we didn't do anything that day we went a little you know crazy and I just ended up going to the field for like two weeks and guarding ammo and doing all that stuff right. you know so yeah we kind of went on business as usual and you know three seven five went first and we followed them up you know in December mm-hmm. December January time frame so um, as a New Yorker what is that does it still hold what is it do you still have those feelings when nine eleven comes around yeah you know it's um. It's definitely you, you still hold on to some of that anger, yeah. Uh, that they would do that, that, uh, like you said, they, I mean that they that they killed so many innocent people. It's it's uh, it, it hits home. It's real yeah. personal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it was uh, I was just almost glad to be in that position to yeah. actually do something yeah, about absolutely. it. You know, yeah. to, it's because a lot of a lot of folks wanted to. Yeah. Um, and across the country, everyone felt it, yeah. and we were in that you know that unique position to to be ready, yeah, uh, to go. Yeah, I remember before we deployed, we got those boxes of T-shirts from the firehouses, and and you know down in in New York, and we most of us took them overseas and wore them over there. I still have mine. I still see guys every now and then on Facebook and stuff posting theirs. We holding on to them, but yeah, we 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 did kind of take them with us in spirit when we went over there on our first trip. So through your deployments. All the time in, in regiment, um, any of those deployments stick out as the ones that y- you look back on the most? Sure, it's funny. You know, you, you kind of speak uh, intuitively when you ask these questions. Uh, of course, Cantigua Valley. You yeah. know, that's that's one that's different from all the others. <laughs> that's right. It's very different. You know, I tell the story sometimes. I mean, it's uh, every at least I think all other five four deployments. Uh, there was a plan. Hey, we're leaving on this date. Cantigua yeah. was a little different. You yeah. know, Cantigua again coming in the, from the field. CQ says. Hey man, you guys are going to Afghanistan on Tuesday. Yep. All right, really? <laughs> That's different. You yeah. get there. Normally when you get there, you kinda chill out for a little bit, yeah. you know. We hit the ground. 
hey man pack your stuff uh we're, we're leaving in 36 hours oh yeah <laughs> all right uh you know you, you get your old stuff packed and here's the story i like to sell so we, we get on you know we get on the tarmac ready ready to get picked up um and we all hear the mission and it sounded you know uh, i think one of them was like all right it's like platoon you're gonna go up here and um uh, you're gonna assault what looks like this castle yeah oh yeah yeah and there's a you know there's a 50 caliber dish gun on top yeah like, come on man <laughs> <laughs> that sounds weird but you're just you know it's just oh so awesome how how uh being in that in that unit with those people that that was a dynamic like four days really like, yeah when we dear. left to where we were you know from savannah to the mountains of afghanistan in the snow it was just it was crazy we're there yeah you say cantiva and i think of when i think of cantiva and i think of two alpha i think of the eggs that white whitfield and all those guys <laughs> ate all those eggs from those and got all sick and had to get medevaced out of the out of the remember that i didn't i don't think i, I don't think that trickled down to me uh, yeah but that sounds like that sounds about right <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Man. That was just a that that is one of those deployments you just look back on and go, what happened? You know, forty five days up in this oh, valley man. and the the Thanksgiving dinner that they flew in for us. You know, and we that all was awesome. we all set it up down there on totally the, totally on, on all the the cardboard honeycomb that uh-huh. they used to airdrop into us. And yeah, was like yeah, you couldn't just fly us out of here. You had to fly in Thanksgiving dinner to us. You know, that was a. That was a wild, wild trip, and then you did the Iraq invasion, yes. too, right? Yep. What, what, yep. Do, what do you What do you remember about that? What sticks out in that one? Uh, so I was fortunate, you know. I, I graduated Ranger School uh, in time, went straight through, so I can so I can get sent ahead. It yeah. was like me and um, a couple other guys, like five other guys, all in the same boat. So we, we, it was funny. No one was there. None of our, you know, management, senior management was there. So we had to kind of like try to reach out and be like, Hey, can someone get, get us on a bird? Yeah. It was funny being a spec four trying to, you know, do that on your own. And then similar when we, when we landed in Iraq, you know, we're trying to like, okay, where's our platoon? You know, can we jump on somebody's bird to go meet up with them? And we did it. Um, yeah, it was just, it was, uh, it was, it was interesting, you know, um, bunch of stuff that you remember all the, those those stray yeah. dogs and oh out. yeah did you you did the did you do the drive-in with us right the t- two out did you i get, did so, so actually we, yeah. yeah exactly um uh that's right i uh i remember if you remember we we were driving in the invasion night and we come to the border there and it's that big mound like a literal mound of dirt separating the two countries and we drove all the way through and got to that airfield and that giant sandstorm <laughs> that? You remember yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Everyone's all covered up, trying yeah. to trying not get caught, trying not trying to uh, survive. And then you know, I remember coming out out of the sandstorm, which was like thirty six hours long. All the guns were packed, like nothing worked. And of course, they're like, "All right, we're moving. We're going to go assault this um, objective up here." And I, I, maybe too often, you guys might have set up the support by fire position on that. I don't remember, but again, a dynamic deployment driving all over the dang place did you come out and do the jessica lynch raid with us as well you know i i, I missed that one because um i as, like i said i got, I got sent ahead I, I caught up with the company uh, with the platoon yeah. and then it was funny all the guys who got who, who who were still behind um and that didn't go forward they ended up going on the jessica lynch so we were sitting out we were sitting out in the desert yeah like, damn man i wish i, wish I would have gone on that <laughs> oh that's that's funny so yeah so good times you spent you know those years in uniform if you look back on your time in uniform which you know it's it's a while ago now what was what was your hardest day in in uniform yeah i was thinking about that um that's like a little uncomfortable um question because it's it's funny you think about why it's your hardest day so i was 
I would say you mentioned uh, Matt Commons yeah. earlier. It was uh, for me. It was it was kind of it was right after you found out, you know, that he died. Um, it was immediately. I feel like immediately it was kind of like a deer in headlights for me personally. You know, I kind of I, I didn't know how to process it, um, and you know, you're 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 19 years old. I think I just turned um, yeah, I just turned 20, and. I, th- I think about like who I was at the time and kind of like what my what my what my upbringing was and you know I had a, a I wouldn't say a rough childhood but I had like a, my parents were divorced sometimes that yeah. creates some kind of oh, uh, yeah. some challenges for a young man yeah same for me and I think I kind of came out of that not totally emotionally mature and then when you're hit with something so real is, is that so you know Matt Matt was probably you know Matt's one of my first friends yeah. in life and maybe you know some, if I say honest maybe my first friend my real first friend because yeah. that experience of being in the military together with yeah. someone is totally different than anything else and I met him at 30th AG he was like one of the first people I met you know we we were actually in basic together yeah. um, the whole time and he's definitely my closest bud there and you know uh, so when uh, when that happened yeah it was just a lot so after after that trying to kind of really piece that piece that together in your mind. Uh, that process was super, you know, even today, like yeah. it's just kind of how do you process that? Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely kicked off a lot. It's kicked off a lot of, uh, uh, emotions and emotional maturity that, you know, that it's, it's a tough thing. Yeah, it is. That, and were you in, were you in Kandahar? Uh, yeah. Two so, you know, we had just, we had just, so when that mission went down, we had just, uh, you relieved us from Kandahar okay. or excuse me, from Bagram. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we, That's right. we went down to Oman. That was our, you know, oh. that was going to be our first time to chill in Oman for a little bit. And, uh, you know, I saw Matt as we were crossing each other on the tarmac, Yeah. you know, give me a little, what's up? Um, and so, yeah, so that's where we were in Oman when, when they when told you, us. When you heard about yeah, it. And then, yeah, and then when it happened, you know, we were going to supposed to be down there for a little while, but we just went straight up to Kandahar. Yeah. Um, like, all right, let's get, you know, let's get you guys closer. Yeah, that was a tough time because, you know, we're young. We feel invincible at the time. And then all of a sudden, three of them, three of our, you know, our brothers are gone. Yeah, yeah man. You know, not to mention the other ones that were lost that same day. But it, it was a, it was a tough experience for the for alpha company you know because yeah. it was we felt we were like on top of the world and then all of a sudden we were knocked down a peg and this is real you know the how real what the consequences of what are what we do over here exactly yeah that's uh and then, like you said I, I still process it to this day every march 3th march 4th you know it come i think about it i spend some time thinking about it because i think you have to it's part of it yeah you you i mean it's the emotions you have, you, you like you you owe it to them, you know. You yeah. feel like it, and then in some like, there's good feelings and there's bad feelings. Like sometimes I, for a while, I'm like, shoot, man, you know, I should never be happy again. You yeah, know, right. for a little, like it just it it feels like you went on and lived your life, and and he hasn't, you know. But yeah. uh, so yeah, you got to live it for him, you know. Yeah, exactly. You can at, at the end of the day, that's that's definitely it. And remember him and yeah. tell the stories. Yeah, tell the stories. That's right. So after that. You decided to get out of the out of service, could follow on with your education. Looking back on it, any have you ever thought, man, what would happen if I'd have stayed in? Did you are you the type of guy that looks back every once in a while, or for sure? Or, yeah, yeah I, well, I look back constantly. That's, yeah. I look back and I look forward. You know, they say you should live in the present, but yeah, I got a bad habit of, of, of thinking about it. Um, yeah, of course, that's definitely you know that's a different line of life. Yeah. Um, I'm I've I've been in situations all the time where I'm thinking, shoot, or talking to guys like you, you yeah. know, who've been in. Uh, your whole life, man, right. you know, like, and I think, would I not have been happier if I did that? It's, right. 
it's it's if you do one thing you can't do another thing so right. you know i couldn't be in, in the situation i am if i'd done that but there's there's something awesome yeah. about uh what we what i did what you do yeah um that you don't you don't find that anywhere else yeah. you know yeah so th- when you got out were you e4 e5 e4 so you gotta yeah. so there's a there's a large population that still get out e4 e5 and you know struggle when they get out or don't really know what they want to do so let's talk about your journey a little bit through you know where you are now so you came down here to florida for your undergrad that's right yeah. how, how was that experience transitioning straight from service to to the college life did that did your military time help you or like the work ethic and stuff you learned there the drive so, so looking back uh the military time um, helps with everything, you yeah. know, like, uh, I, I was, t- I was talking to, uh, another bud recently who was in and I'm like, it's a life hack, bro. Like, why doesn't everyone just go to battalion? Right. And then he's like, Hey, you know what? It's cause it's super hard. Right. So yeah. not everyone can do it. And he's like, you're right. But if you, I don't know, it just, it, it just helps with everything. Um, so yeah, you know, I, I think my transition, uh, went fine. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm a, I like school. Like yeah. I, I, I'd plan on going to West Point. That was already in my mind. Um, so I just, I kind of hit the ground running with, um, with some momentum yeah. and I was, you know, I got out in late July. I was, I was starting school by late August. So I think that's important for guys is to have a plan of course, and, yeah. and to, um, to keep momentum. Maybe some folks say, hey, you know, I'm not tied anymore, so I'll take some time off. But, um, for me, I didn't want time off. You know, yeah. I knew, I knew kind of what I wanted to get into. So I got yeah. right into it. Yeah. I, I usually recommend the guys to not take time off cause that's when, Oh, you take time and then all of a sudden you take a little more time and then you look back and you look at your waste of time. So I think it's good to just go right into it and, and get it done. So came down here, went to Florida International. Right? That's right. Yep. Undergrad. Um, how was that experience? It was great. Yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, it's a good school. Um, I picked it primarily. I, I wanted to go to Miami. You know, I, I have a lot of family here and I, I, I wanted to spend, you know, some time in Cuban culture um, and, you know, just practice my Spanish. I had some interest in the Latin American market as well. I yeah. thought, you know, I wanted to do business. So I figured Miami is a good starting spot. Uh, I didn't want to spend a bunch of cash yeah. uh, because I don't got it. Right. <laughs> you know, and I, and I didn't want to go into debt yep. and I knew I'd wanted to go to grad school. So I figured I'll, I'll take debt for grad school if I need to. So all that said, uh, FIU, yeah. um, the public, public school down here. And it was, it was good, you know, banged out my classes. Um, had some fun along the way. Miami's a fun city. Absolutely. You know, yeah, so yeah. young, young man, 22 years old. Yeah. That could and not only finish, you finished them early, right? You did it early. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With that momentum, you know, it's funny. You, you, I, I, in some ways in my mind, I'm like, Oh shoot, man, I took four years off. Yeah. <laughs> I got a hairy. So I, I was, I think the most cl- uh, classes I took one, one semester of 21 credits. Oh you know, wow. I was taking credits in the summers. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got it out a year early, uh, and then worked a year. And then law school. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, part of being in regiment helps you with that work ethic. You just, you've all, you've, in the time you're deployed and the time you've always been in a worse predicament and a tougher place. So taking some college classes in Miami, not, not that bad, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I, I like to say to people kind of the, the, and, and the military, but of course, regiment, you yeah. know, that really prepares you for anything, you yeah. know? And at the time, and even now, like, I felt like, you could drop me on Mars, yeah, and I'll and we'll with a bunch of my buds, and we'll just all post up and, and yeah, do our thing. Absolutely. Uh, so in that way, yeah, there's there's never like there's never really any challenge that's too much, or it it could be too much, yeah. But you never you never go into it thinking it's going to be too much, right? You know, like a, another story I like to tell is uh, uh when we were in Cantigua, 
um, we, you know, we were there for a couple of days and we're like, all right, you know, we didn't, we didn't find the dude we came here for. So let's, uh, let's go looking through the mountains yeah. a bit. And right the night before we're supposed to look what, like, like three feet of snow. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was waist yeah, high, yeah. waist high snow yeah. in this valley. And we got out where, you know, and then we hit this little high ground. We're looking for the look like miles of snow ahead of us. Yep. And I look, you know, I'm a, I'm a, like at that time. Yeah. Uh, spec four, tab spec four. I'm looking to my, my leadership, like, all right, man, who's going to call this off? I guess <laughs> we can't walk through freaking miles of waste ice snow. We did, but that's exactly what we did. <laughs> and then when we turned around and you turn around, you just see, you know, these like lines as wedged yeah. lines of, tr- of guys cutting through snow. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was a real you know pivotal point in my perspective where I realized you know what don't cut yourself short like just do it you know yeah. try it and yeah. you may not make it but you could do a lot more than you think Absolutely. you can. Absolutely, I think that's that's where we went up the valleys right looking. So I, I remember watching Aiko walk up the valleys and me and Hakey Anthony yeah. drew ORP security. Uh-huh. <laughs> so me and Hakey got left alone and unafraid with all the company's rucksacks there at the mouth of that valley. <laughs> and you guys were gone for a hot minute. Yeah. And, and Long I, will, day. I will admit that we turned into child thieves <laughs> and we went searching through you guys' uh, rucksacks because we did not prepare for you guys to be gone that long. <laughs> but I remember watching you guys leave and then hours and hours passed and yeah. then turning around and I seen you guys come back and I was like, you just, you guys looked like a ranger school patrol just <laughs> miserable cold wet and me and anthony were just kind of sitting there like oh man we just ate all their food <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah can't tell you we could talk that's a show in dude, itself right dude, there it really is. so you graduate here you go to law school what why law school why did you choose law school why i mean northwestern law of, of you know not just some dinky, yeah. dinky community college law school you went to northwestern how come so um, looking back, I kind of realized why some some things aligned for me on that. Uh, there was a there was a day when you know my squad leader was like, "Hey man, you shouldn't wear frays on your jeans." Yeah. And I was a private. I'm like, well, uh, "Why not?" You know, I'm a little yeah. a little bit of a punk. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I'm like, why not? Um, I thought that. I certainly didn't say that, but I thought that. And he's like, uh, you know, someone's like, "Hey, it's blue book standards." I'm like, "All right, let me find this blue book." <laughs> when I, and I read I read the whole blue book looking for like you know where does it say I can't realize. It just says generally whatever they say yeah. you can't do you can't do. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but that I realized I kind of I, I liked that that exercise of kind of uh, analyzing text mm. and um, and finding what its meaning is and then maybe finding a way around the meaning. So that's kind of what I do in law. Uh, I, I, I draft contracts. I do different. I've done different areas, but right now I'm, yeah. I'm uh, drafting contracts about uh, financial transactions, about purchasing companies, and you know you find the meaning in in uh, all these kind of dense language. Um, so I guess I had that in me, but you know, at, more so I, 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 was a young kid going to uh, school and I, I'm reading stuff to look up and I'm like, shoot, man, these dudes make good money. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> young middle, you know, middle-class kid trying to, uh, trying to make it in this, uh, in this country freaking that's, that's where, that's the direction I went. So that's, that's how I, uh, uh picked law. Um, and, and then Northwestern, like I said, was just the best school I can get into. And, and I was fortunate. I got into like a couple uh, good ones and they offered me an awesome scholarship yeah. so that's that's a you know great great school yeah yeah um what was the law school experience like how, how long are you in law school three years okay yeah three you can't do that one quick no <laughs> so i uh it was good it was it was a bit of a um a shock you know yeah. like academically uh fiu wasn't as wasn't uh, as challenging so when i got there you know I, I just realized shoot man there's a lot of dudes here that are that are uh that are sharp yeah uh so 
but it's cool. It's like, it's, you know, like I say, the, in some ways the military prepared you for everything. So, you, yeah. you know, you stuck with it and, and then the grades, the grade showed the real results, you know? Yeah. So that, that they went well. And, um, it was, it was a real good, uh, you know, experience getting that, getting that academic, uh, knife sharpened, you know? Yeah, that's good. So coming out of law school, what was your, what'd you do those years post law school or did it's been a career. Uh, it's been, an, it's, you know, I've had a unconventional path, a non-traditional, I believe yeah. is what, yes. what they would call me. Um, and especially lawyers. So lawyers in general are, let's say risk averse people, you know, they're, they're yeah. always trying to find the liability that their client should not be exposed to. Right. So they, and that kind of, that, that goes into how they live their life. Right. Um, but I have not necessarily been like that. Again, you know, my track record a little more risk taking, yeah. and then than everyone, uh, than most people in life. So, I I came out of law school. You know, I got a. I was fortunate. It was actually I came out um, in the middle of a you know the the global financial crisis of, oh, of 20, yeah. 2008. Yeah. So it was a really tough hiring period, but uh, but things worked out. Um, I, I got into you know one of the top the best law firms in New York. It was super. Fortunate, I got great experience there. Uh, but then I left. I got, you know, then this is where it kind of just starts winding. I got, a, you know, really interesting offer to join um, uh, a buddy's uh, um, startup company, you know, developing technology in in, uh, in uh, oil and gas. And I took that opportunity. I, I you know, worked with him and, and then started kind of developing a um, additional practice on the side uh, for about five years, one of including a trial. Oh. So. You know, that's again just that that whole um, experience makes you willing to, to do things. So you know, as a, a corporate lawyer, normally lawyers are like, "What type of lawyer are you?" I'm a I'm this type of lawyer. Uh, I you know, after only like maybe three years of legal experience in corporate law, someone's like, "Hey, man, you want to help me with this uh this litigation?" And I'm like, "Sure, man, I'll give you, I'll give it a shot." And I didn't really think what was gonna come of it. I thought it would be like a quick quick little you know, you tell someone you did all this bad to me, let me get some dough, but uh, nah. Two and a half years later, I'm doing a trial in front of a you know uh, a yeah. whole courtroom and stuff. So um, all that, and then went back to law. Uh, went back to big law firm practice. So now um, I'm I'm working back to a large law firm down in Miami. You know, doing that kind of traditional M and A work. Back on the trad track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Um, what advice would you give somebody that's thinking about going to law? Like, why if somebody just say you should go or no, you shouldn't go? What would you tell? Them? That's you know I I feel like some there's a good amount of lawyers out there that are that are not happy with their with their uh, chosen track you know yeah. you, you see uh you can find little corners of the internet where a bunch of lawyers are griping yeah, about right, the, sure. the lifestyle at least large law firms like you know you work on a billable hour yeah so your incentive is to work yeah you know um and it's 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 could be grueling hours sometimes you know um, but uh. If if you want to go that way, I, I'd say learn what it is first. Yeah. So I didn't even know. You know, I got to I got to law school, um, not really knowing what <laughs> right. what a lawyer does. Be honest with you, right. and then not knowing what our goals were. Yeah. When we got to so by the goals I mean you get there and then you realize oh okay everyone what we're all trying to do is get to the best law firm we can. Right. That's like the goal because um, that's supposed to start your career yeah. and set that foundation. Um, in some ways, I guess it's like kind of the military. You know, yeah. you want to you don't you want to start off the best unit you can get into. Yeah, you know? right. Uh, so, you know, it it's a. I think if if you know what it is, you can open have your eyes open going in. Um, you could you can 
you can, you know, make it and, and be happy. Like I, I feel like now, especially after some years of, uh, of kind of finding a path, I found a, fir- a firm where I like the people, I like the work that I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm not hating it at all. Yeah. And, and it, and it, it helps you support your, your lifestyle and family and yeah. stuff. So it has a lot of benefits. That's good. I think you're right. Sometimes we just kind of jump ahead. Like I didn't order what Rangers did. I just knew that's <laughs> what I wanted to do. And I had, I figured it out when I got there. So yeah, do your research and talk to people. Talk to yeah. If you're if you're a guy out there who wants to do it, coming from the regiment, I know you'll have a conversation with them and give them some mentorship. Cause, oh, of course. Because uh, that's that's the key. So fast forward all this time. Now you have a a son, right? Uh, how I has do. that changed your perspective on everything? I you know it makes everything more serious for sure. I was thinking the other day how like man, I used to just just you know go to a restaurant when I want to or, or do whatever. Yeah, restaurants like the mild thing, right? right. I used to go out and do it up yeah. and, and party with the buddies. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, just it kind of focuses you in life and, yeah. and you're working towards something. And yep. I mean, it's definitely, it's better in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the kind of, that kind of joy and, and happiness from, from being with your children is unlike anything you have in life. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, you start wanting to think about just making their life better. Yeah. You know, I hope when, when he's old enough, I want to be able to give him everything he wants without spoiling him. There's right. That, there's yeah. that line. There's a balance. Yeah. You don't, you don't want to, you know, you don't want a Sonati kid, but <laughs> you know, you want to make him, you want to give him everything. Yeah, that's right. So when you're talking about your kids, your military time and everything, we'll ask, you know, it's the question I ask everybody, how would you define vulnerability? Yeah, man. So, uh, when you, when you mentioned that, the first thing I did was go to the dictionary. I'm like, yep. what does vulnerability mean? Um, I, I think to me, like vulnerabilities, uh, it almost also suggests like a synonym is almost, almost strength. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it, ta- it, it takes strength to be vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, to, you know, kind of walk into a situation and put it all out there and not, you always have that, you, you could have feel when you're vulnerable, like, yeah. hey, you know, you're, you're, you're exposing yourself, but that it's okay and you'll, you'll recover from it and, you know, yeah. you're not going to knock me off uh, my game, even though I'm. I'm, I'm putting it all yeah. out there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's means being authentic because yeah. you know, we all are vulnerable yep, so absolutely. much Yes, and we don't want to, sh- we don't want to show it, but you know, it's, there's some good stuff that come from it. I mean, I'm sure you felt Hudson when you first walked into that, to Northwestern law school, there were probably some vulnerable moments, but, dude. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I was, I was saying, I, I was a little bit of a shock. I, you know, I called a buddy up. I'm like, dude, bro, I mean. I don't know, man. Everyone's so smart here, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge, but it's honest. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's it's uh, it's important. Yeah. So in that vein, now I mean, it's pretty well known lawyers work long hours potentially, you know, some very long hours. How do you try to achieve work-life balance, uh, mental health balance? What is all that? Yeah, that's a that's a struggle. Um it's it's it it also it also depends on you know, how good a job you're doing, you know, yeah. like if, if you want to do a good job, it's hard to have that balance. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of, you kind of make that, um, prime number one, Yeah. but then you can't, especially something like with like family and children, you can't, yeah. you can't neglect them. So I don't know. I, I, I'm still kind of trying to figure that out, you know? Yeah. I think I, I was talking to somebody on the podcast a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about balance and, uh, is, I don't think there's, it's the pursuit of balance. Yeah. There's not really, you're never going to achieve balance. If you're a high performer and high functioning, high paying jobs and you have a family balance is almost impossible, but you have, as long as you're pursuing it and doing your best and being intentional about what you're doing. Right. I think that's where you can achieve a balance, maybe not total balance, but 
it and it's it's tough, right? And and you also don't have to do it forever. You know, you yeah. do it for as long as it makes sense to you. So you yeah. know, you're getting I'm getting awesome skills. I have been getting awesome skills that, that are very marketable. So if if I chose it, hey, you know what? At this stage in my life, um, I want to be there more for my kid every day. Yeah. You know, um, and and spend. I mean, that's the goal is to get in a position where you do the hard work now, and then maybe you can maybe you can even retire early. You yeah. Know? Right. Like I, I. Uh, my life experience is also at certain times, like when I was doing the startup stuff, I really tightened the belt. Like right. I was making no money right. you know, doing startup stuff. So I got, I got this appreciation in between law firms that um, you learn to live with, with just what's important almost, you yeah. know? You, I don't feel like going out and spending so much dough on $500 dinner, just it doesn't mean anything anymore. Um, so I, I ended up stacking good money working at law firms and, and you know, it's uh it's been good and then the the pandemic actually opened a bunch of investment opportunities oh yeah so the goal is to 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 become financially um secure and yeah. then maybe you can really peel back and yeah. do and other things yeah yeah make up for lost time or you know be more intentional about the later times you know or yeah i guess so have a goal or yeah. you know you seem you've even and telling your story you're always kind of looking forward it seems like which is a key to, i think to anybody if someone wants to be successful you got to kind of look beyond what's right in front of you yeah, and kind of begin with the end in mind. What's your end goal and how do you, how are you going to get there? Plan backwards, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's what I tell them when I talk to guys, you know, you've done it your whole career in the military. You start at the end and you plan backwards. And so mental, mental health, any, when you transitioned out, any issues in, in that realm or was it because you stayed so busy, you think that you didn't, didn't have it? I, I know. I, I mean, I've had my own struggles with mental yeah. health and, you know, I'm transitioning soon. I'm an advocate for it and trying to get yeah. rid of some of that stigma that comes along from our for backgrounds, sure. you know? Yeah. What you have thoughts on that? For sure. I mean, that's important. Yeah. Like you say, getting, getting rid of that stigma. Cause like, we're, we're coming from a culture and at least when I got out yeah. that, you know, there, there, our culture is very much where we were in, you know, 2000, 2004, it was very much influenced by yeah. the, the, the people before us yep. and, and you know, there was no you're sick yeah. physically or mentally. Yeah. Physically, of course, you're not. And mentally, that wasn't even a thought, you no. know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I came out. I mean, I'm. I'm. I I had uh, some challenges, like uh, I guess risk taking behavior. Was oh a yeah. Big one. Yeah. You know that. You. Just, it's like you you. You got used to a certain adrenaline and thrill, um, yeah. that just doesn't come with regular life. Yeah, that's right. So. I remember like the last time I kind of really did risky stuff was uh, I was in uh, Brazil. I was studying uh, in law school. I did a semester in Brazil. Awesome, awesome idea. Oh, yeah. And I, I got this. I was like with some dudes. I met down there. I'm like, hey man, why don't why don't I go into that little puddle, uh, little little pool area in the in the waterfall? You know that this big waterfall, maybe like you know I don't know, 175 feet down. And it and pretty fast grade, and of course the waterfall, the water just makes everything super slick. Yeah. But there was a little little pocket of pool of water, little little bathtub. And I'm like, why don't I just try to like sneak in there? I don't know where in my mind that seemed like a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And I went, and I'm like, all right, let me try it. But there was like a little rationalization. I'm like, oh, if I slip, there's this big rock there, and then there's up this other pool there, and maybe I can just like bounce off and go into that. Whatever, dude. So I get on there, and I'm trying to shimmy over, and. Nah, I hit that that slippery part and the water's coming and I'm like, I'm about to slide down this fucking 75 foot waterfall, man. Um, but I slid and then actually the, 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 the alternate plan worked. I was able to 
bounce off this big rock into this other, and it was literally a bounce off with the right foot. I had to hit it just right so I can fall into this other one, this other little puddle. Um, I busted up the, the skin of my, my heel. You know, I, Nothing broke, I don't think. Um, I'm pretty sure not, but I, I kind of got a little bandaged yeah. up and walked around a little bit. And then the next day or the, the day after, I thought about it and like my stomach flipped. I'm like, yo, why'd I do that? that yeah. was, I could I could have been broken every single bone in my body. Yeah. Um, so yeah, never, uh, so that was the last time. I was like 32. Yeah. I'm like, all right, man, you know, you really need to stop doing stupid <laughs> stuff. So, yeah. but I kind of feel like that's that, it comes it from that, of it, yeah. that's that, that seeking adrenaline lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that sometimes that can go with alcohol. Like I, I think straight out of, uh, Straight out of the military, there was some alcohol involved. In Absolutely, that, you know, some heavy yeah. drinking, some dangerous behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, and I think probably part of your because you stayed on task. Though you were in school, you you kept going. It's the guys that don't stay on task that that they start falling in that yeah. that pit and they just got to reach out and ask for help it gives you something to do it's definitely important yeah, yeah absolutely so and all this you know if you could go all the way back to pfc you know coming out of rip what advice would you give them you know as that private or even as the transition out what what advice would you did you not take or would take or would like to have had coming out I don't know what advice I would have taken. Yeah. You know, you're like that's true. Yeah. You're you're 19. Yeah. You're you, you know you think you know everything to some extent. At least I did. You know what I mean. I was. You don't have a wisdom yeah. of uh, of maturity realizing you you know you don't know everything. You, yeah. you don't know anything now, and you didn't certainly didn't know anything <laughs> then. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how I could get to that guy and yeah. convince him. But uh, yeah, just kind of appreciation for for what you're in, for what you know what you're doing because yeah. it's. It's uh, unlike anything in life that you'll ever see if you leave, and it's um, it's just such an awesome uh, institution yeah. to, that that you're you have the privilege of being a part of. That's right, privilege. That, that, that's what. A lot, yeah, you don't have to put the uniform on. You get to put the uniform on, and when you can't do it anymore, it's there's going to be a void there, you know. And uh, um, I appreciate you coming on. It's great to see you. It's like we never missed a beat, and it's been you know fifteen years or more since we've seen each other. Um, appreciate it. It's, it's great to see guys like you out there just crushing it in the world. And I know it'll inspire some other guys that listen to this or see it that that uh, you know are either wanting to do that or or having troubles. And thanks for taking the time. And uh, hopefully, you can do this again sometime. Absolutely, man. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Yeah, sure.